The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Cooley Region Cooks. That's... <laughs> Man, oh man, a brand new guest, and he already knows I don't know diddly about uh, technology. Our guest on Cooley Region Cooks this morning, hopefully all about cheese and not about technology. Our guest this morning is uh, Jeff Metz, who is Metz Creamery. Jeff, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. Good morning. Sorry about the uh, little confusion here this morning. I am one of those people who say, okay, you need to write down exactly what I need to do. Okay. And then when I do that and it doesn't work, I'm lost. And so from remote, uh, one of our uh, magic technological experts did something from wherever he is because he's not in this building, and now we're on the air. So yay us. It's very nice to meet you. Thanks very much. Even though we've never met and I've never been to a Mets Creamery, I have eaten a bunch of your cheese, and wow, is it good? So thank you very much for uh, sharing you. your bounty. That's you. how long have you? Give me a little resume, a little history. How long has Metz Creamery been around? Uh, we started in 2014. July oh. was our first uh, first batch of cheese we made. Really? And what yeah. uh, what were you doing prior to 2014? Uh, 1983, we started milking cows, and uh, we were in the dairy business uh, since then. Um, and with kids coming into our uh, operation, we decided we needed to expand, do uh, something different, uh, figure out a different avenue. We decided uh, value added was going to be the route to go. Uh, uh, we always uh, kind of had that in the back of our mind. And uh, we decided that was the time, uh, about 2010, we started doing our business plan for the creamery. That's awesome. So were your kids on board from the beginning Uh or did you have one of those dinner table conversations from your kid that said, Dad, I signed on to milk cows and, and be a dairy farmer. What's all this make cheese baloney? <laughs> we all we all have our uh, interest or whatever sure. in the family. So, yeah, you're, you're not going to find everybody in the cheese plant. They're, they're going to be out on the tractor milking cows. But, no, they, uh, they realized that, uh, you know, to grow our operation, we needed to do something like this. And and uh, have a, a daughter that's working in the cheese plant here. She's oh. been in here since 2014. And, awesome. And they all fit in. Wherever it's needed, uh, they're all this weekend helping with uh, making gift boxes. So Cool. So Mets Creamery is going to be around for generations, it sounds like. I I would think so. We'll, we'll see. That's cool. So when you first started, your first batch of cheese was 2014? Yep. What kind of cheese was it? We uh, started out with cheddar cheese curds. So that was our first batch uh, we made. And we also started doing a little bit of block cheddars, too. Yep. Cheddar cheese curds and block cheddar. How long did it take before you began to uh, uh, push the list of availabilities? Uh, we made a couple of batches, test batches from the beginning. Uh, we had some consultants working with us, some master cheese makers. And uh, uh, after about six weeks, we started going to our uh, stores that we'd been visiting with for the past six months or whatever prior to that and sure they were ready to go for it and we started launching the product that's awesome who was the first non 
a master cheese maker who tasted Metz Creamery cheese for the very first time? Uh, all of the family members. Yeah. So there, there are guinea pigs around here. We, <laughs> just making gets, sure. Just uh, making sure. Yeah. We got yep. enough guinea pigs. Nobody got sick. Nobody died. Everybody thought it tasted nope. delicious. Go from there. Yep. Yeah. We were pretty excited. That first test batch, test batch we did, it tasted, uh, it turned out good, and we were really excited. Um, all squeaky, really and everybody good. was happy about it. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. It was, uh, yeah, very rewarding after all the planning we did that uh, to have that. It curve. worked. It worked. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's that's awesome. All right, so skip ahead to 2020. How many different flavors of cheese do you make now? Well, we're doing, uh, we're still mainly primarily the cheddars. We're doing about uh, 14 different flavors of cheese curds. Whoa. Uh, We've got close to about 20 different flavors of block. Uh, We also started doing a a frying cheese. Um, So we've got a couple different flavors with that. We're doing a Colby and a Colby Jack. Uh, we're doing a string cheese, which is hand pulled, and then also a mozzarella block. So we, um, yeah, we've grown, grown quite a bit. Uh, yeah. coming up. yeah, we're always trying something new and different. How difficult is it to grow? You said we've grown quite a bit. Can you just have a business meeting with your staff on Friday and start making a different flavored cheese on Monday? Um, you know, we get a lot of people will stop in and say, "Hey, what, <clears throat> what about making this flavor?" Actually, um. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we just started making a blueberry uh, cheddar. Ooh, uh, we had a lot of so we get people asking, you know, hey, have you ever done a blueberry? And when you hear it enough, why well, you decide, okay, we're going to try it. We tried it, and of course, uh, pulled it out of the block, cut it up into some sample pieces, and of course, all the employees here and the family, they all got to try it for the first time. And once again, we raised the eyebrows, and I was like, yep, it's uh, it's oh, we got oh, it. We're, we're excited. I, we got it. I'm I'm it. curious, how often did you have one of those tastings amongst family and you saw a couple of not so raised eyebrows and you had to go back, uh, back to not to square one, of course, but you got to change up the recipe a little bit. Are they all home runs right from the get go? No, I will. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I told you every cheese we've made has been great. Well, we don't have, lie. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but if you go back, you, you, you know, you taste that blueberry cheddar and think, yeah, not enough blueberry or too much, you know, right. whatever. I got to yeah. change it up. Then yep. you go back and make it again. And is the second batch or the fifth batch or the 28th batch? Or when is it that you start packaging it up and taking it to retail? Um, well, we will actually um... – the, the first batch we will try it and if it's it meets what we our expectations we will start selling it right away. um usually it's uh what we watch for is the off flavors in cheese or anything or if it just doesn't have the flavor we like then then uh um that one we obviously won't launch it uh if we don't like it it's not going to get sold right well and and it, i'm always curious about that because for instance i love i love blue cheese a big, strong, curlier nose hairs, Danish blue is awesome. And I'm standing right next to somebody, not literally, who absolutely hates blue cheese because it's so strong. Uh, so do you have in your in your taste buddies somebody who likes cheddar and somebody who doesn't like? Because I'd hate to take the word of somebody who doesn't like cheddar anyway. Or, wow, it's so sharp. Can't you just make it uh, less than that? And you miss out on something that the masses might really enjoy. Yeah, well, that's what's uh, kind of nice about our uh, the employees we have here and all the family. We all have those different um, taste likes or whatever. So I I have a 
couple of son-in-laws and a son, they love the real hot, spicy stuff. Sure. Um, and so that's, they're the ones that try the, the hot, spicy cheese we make and they'll tell me not enough heat or, or, uh, you know, what I need to change there. And we've got some others that, yeah, they like the mild flavors. So, um, need a little more of the, like you said, the blueberry or the apple or something like sure. that. So, yeah. are, are you able to source those? Obviously the cows come from right outside, uh, the uh, spices and so forth that you add to the cheddar. Are you able to source that stuff locally or at least regionally where you're going to get peppers, for instance? Yeah, um, we use everything that's been um, processed through a, a company that, you know, it's got the, the um, food safety behind it and everything. Sure. So, and, and we do everything within the region um, and making sure that um, we, we just don't take something out of the garden and throw it in our cheese. We, we want to be careful of that following all the food safety. Oh, guidelines. no, no, I understand uh, yeah. that. But, but I, uh, you know, but no, but everything's right now, everything's coming in um, within the region. So we've got uh, that's a couple great. of spice companies. Spice companies we work with and stuff. Yep. I was just curious because that will make even more cheese lovers uh, happy to go search for Metz Creamery cheese because all the ingredients in this block of apple, cinnamon, cheddar, or uh, the pepper, spice, whatever, came from the region, not from California or uh, Mexico uh-huh. or wherever. Somebody, some neighbor, some uh, some dad of a kid that my kids go to school with grew the ingredients that goes into this cheddar and I am way going to support buying that. Mm-hmm. Really important. Yep. Have you ever had a suggestion from somebody that made you think, you know, I just don't want to go there? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Tell me one. Um, tell me one cheese suggestion that fell off the table. Um, I guess I I never went. Well, we you mentioned the blue cheese. That's one thing we can't do with uh, with our plant. Um, we just can't do a blue cheese because really? when we get involved with the mold and, and stuff like that, it just, we can't do that. Changes the health um, aspect of it. Well, um, all of our cheese would become a blue cheese uh, oh. when you're dealing oh. with the molds and stuff. Oh, you um, have to keep it. The blue cheese makers have separate facility to make blue cheese? Is yes. That... Yeah. yeah. Oh. For the most part. Yeah. I did not. I did um, not know that. Yeah. I guess, you know, I've never... I've always just kind of stayed within my comfort zone. So I've never really, uh, the frying cheese, I guess, was one that, um, that took a while to really master it. it uh, um, we, we couldn't, uh, we, with the time and temperature and everything on that one, there's times that uh, we found we had too much butter fat in it and we'd go in to fry it up and all of a sudden it just turned into a big pile of goo and not like <laughs> we'd hope for. So, yeah, but nobody yeah, ever said, yeah, you know, my frying cheese turned all gooey and I didn't like it, said nobody ever. I know you're looking for a particular uh, a result when you fry it, but uh, I can't remember the last time I heard somebody say it was too cheesy, too gooey. You know, I, I like my uh-huh. cheese all hard and dry. said nobody ever right and so what is what is it about fried cheese is that the correct way to call it fried cheese what is it about fried cheese that keeps it solid longer so that it will fry and get soft and not be all melty in a fry pan uh it's just the way we make it with our uh cook time we take it up to a higher temperature um in the vat and uh to get it dried out a little more so it holds its its form um when it comes time to put it in the pan and fry it and all right so fried cheese is drier is that it's for the, for the most part yeah we make it uh, lower moisture 
lower moisture and uh and create a more dense cheese get a lot more of the whey out of it and everything so and, and but it's still milk from your cows and flavorings yep. from the region and so forth just a different right. process yes and is that process do you have to have that separate from the other cheeses and the other vats that you're making or you only do yeah. fried cheese one weekend a month so that you turn everything over and then after you make a bunch of it you go back to making something else uh, no right now we have two different we have two vats in the facility ah. so we can be doing uh one vat we can be doing cheddar cheese curds or um a colby and then the other vat we could be doing a frying cheese or uh cheddar in that one or um so we've got the flexibility to do a couple different cheeses at the same time. I'm curious too, <laughs> with regard to if it's if cheddar is going to be the base, and then there's going to be flavorings added to it. Uh, can you make your basic cheddar recipe, and then at the last minute add, you know, 55 gallon drum of apple cinnamon or whatever the ingredients is, and make this one apple cinnamon cheddar, and then when it's done, scoop it all out, hose it all down ingredients all the ingredients back in and the next big batch is is chipotle pepper cheddar is it yeah. that simple <laughs> well yeah actually that is um we do start out with our uh base of uh like the one vat we'll have about 500 pounds of cheddar cheese curds in there so we can pull out uh let's say 200 pounds of that cheddar cheese curd uh we could flavor it up to the apple cinnamon or oh. our blueberry oh. or chipotle um and make uh, block and actually we've done it where we'll actually pull out like a hundred pounds make a chipotle cheddar put those into 20 pound forms um put it in the press and then in another spot in that same press we can do another um like a six pepper or salsa Ooh. and uh, also put that in there and then the curds that are left in the vat we can do another 100 pounds of uh plain cheese curds or even flavor some of those up so it, we're uh it creates a lot of um flexibility with uh, within a vat, oh, yeah. we can do that cheese. Well, and that's awesome. That doesn't so you don't need to have twenty-eight different vats of twenty-eight different cheeses going all at the same time. Start with two vats, two different kinds of cheese. Pull them out, and uh, we'll talk about when you pull out two hundred pounds of cheddar. Where does it go? Uh, we'll talk about that. And one of my most often asked questions from everybody is, what kind of cheese do you use when you're making a cheese dip? What kind of cheese melts? Talk about that with our guest, Jeff Metz, who is Metz Creamery. Not to leave your wife or your, the rest of your family out of the deal, but they chickened out, Jeff, so you get all the credit all morning long, and the rest of the family might be interested in Zooming with us the next time we get together. We'll be right back. Cooley Region Cooks, every Thursday from 10 to 11, we get together in our our virtual kitchen, our pretend kitchen, with people who like to have fun in the in the kitchen. My dad used to say, if you're not having fun in the kitchen, you are doing it wrong. So uh, you got to change it all up. And our guest this morning, even though the Zoom says Marianne, it's actually Jeff Metz, who is Metz, Metz Creamer. We've got to give your wife some credit, otherwise you're going to have holy hell to pay when she gets back from all her deliveries. Thanks very much for talking with me this morning. I, I really appreciate it. Do you enjoy it? You know, now that you're in too deep, do you ever wake up in the morning and think, man, I I should have been a truck driver something? Oh, yeah, we have those days. I think every, I don't care what business you're in. I think everybody wakes up at some point one one day and says, you know, um, yeah. Could uh, but no, we for the most part, we've enjoyed this. 
That's great. That, that's great. Do you get a, at the point, the time of year when you get to think, oh boy, now I get to make whatever your specialty Christmas cheese or your specialty uh, summer uh, uh, summer cheese curds, the ones that are super popular uh, in the summer, not as popular in January. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, we we see a lot of shifts, and uh, and so we're always thinking way ahead. You know, like uh, starting in April or May, we're gonna start thinking about Christmas cheeses and whether we're gonna come up with a new one because um, things like that. And uh, yeah, springtime, early summer will be our doing our festive fall for the holidays, or you know, and all the apple pie. Sure. Cinnamon that we do. Well, and because apples, you know, you do apple cinnamon cheddar because apples, it's apple season and uh, you're up to your elbows in fresh ones from the neighborhood. In the winter, uh, what kind of cheeses do you make more of in the winter than during the growing season? Wintertime, we probably do more of our, um, when I say our uh, spicier at times, um, we'll see some of the chipotles, the, the chili flavors, mm. things like that will start to go out. Um, and then all of a sudden it'll shift into like a dill, very mild. And then uh, in the spring, and then um, just like that, summer comes back, and all of a sudden we see the barbecue flavors, uh, um, summertime type flavors go out. And how does how does the, the, the how do the cows figure into what kind of cheese you're going to make? Because their their winter milk is different than their summer milk, isn't it? Um, for the most part, our, our the feed we feed our cows is pretty consistent year round, which is gives us some uh, consistency with our milk. But uh, yeah, we do play around um, different cheeses. We will use uh, um, different um, milk uh, components. Well, I guess this, how do I want to say it? Uh, um, there's, we have two different groups of cows We have and uh, uh, three different uh, breeds. So um, the breeds that give the higher butter fat, we'll use that milk in some of our, uh, our gelato or some of our high fat cheeses and uh, string cheese will uh, use our, uh, Holsteins pull the a lower butterfat milk for making the chain, string cheese. So, and how does uh, how does a cow know that they are supposed to give you higher butterfat milk? Uh, they don't know. We just uh, we take what we get and we try to feed. The feed does help with uh, the components, but uh, components are partly genetic too. Right, and so the food is basically the same, but this group of cows gives high butterfat. This one less. Uh, butterfat and the third you said three different kinds so this one is the skinny cheese and this one is the full fat cheese it, once yeah. again is that that simple no not really <laughs> almost <laughs> not, not at all <laughs> easy to say not easy to do then you have to when you get that milk from this group of high fat cows you got to double check that that the, the fat content is what it needs to be before you start making cheese right yeah, when for the most part that's all being tested, we know um, right along what it, what uh, butter fat and the protein, um, the solids are, and then from there we can uh, develop our recipe for our cheese. Then okay, so your uh, scientists can double check that hey, this this uh, this batch of high fat cheese isn't high fat enough. So change the diet a little bit, and pretty soon when you have a giant vat of of uh, milk from that group of cows, it is the the f- fat content is where it needs to be right yep and then uh yeah with us adding salt to our cheese we need to know what our butter fat is also and uh, um so to make sure we get the right amount of salt in there and uh other ingredients yep what do you do i i know now uh, thank you very much for teaching me uh, how to make cheese not melt 
which take the moisture out, that your fry cheese uh, doesn't melt because it's drier, that has less moisture. But what about cheese that does melt? I've made the mistake many times of trying to figure out how to get a sharp cheddar cheese dip that didn't look like cheese on the bottom and oil on the top. And if you didn't stir it first, you know, it just it turns ugly. Uh, how do you get? How how do I get Metz cheese to to make a nice cheese dip or sauce? Um, for, for the most part, either our Colby or our Colby Jack would be ideal for that. And that one melts out. That's a higher moisture, uh, higher um, cheese, higher fat cheese that uh, um, does melt out really well. We we use that in dips. Or uh, yeah. I actually took yeah. some leftover sloppy Joe the other night, threw a bunch of. Colby Jack in there, put it in the microwave, melted it down, and I had a chip oh, dip. So. Yeah. yeah, yum. That's I've done that with pizza, and uh, occasionally thought, man, maybe I'm going to throw some cheese curds on this pizza and end up with a uh, with a with kind of melty, you know, that doesn't huh. out into a big pool, but they get softer and kind of smushy. Yep. Is that we a different our- cheese curd now? If I use cheddar cheese curds versus mozzarella cheese curds, or some other cheese curds are they going to melt differently? They will, and actually, ours do. Um, ours are a little bit higher butter, butter fat than others, so we do. Um, we will throw our own cheese curds on our on a store bought pizza or something like that to add extra cheese, and they do melt out pretty good for the most part. Come on, when did you ever eat a pizza straight from the store or the pizza place without touching it at all? Ever? Uh, every ever? once in a while. Oh uh, man! Oh man! Uh, Pinocchio Metz, who's filling, no, I'm kidding. I I just, I can't do that. I I would have to, I'd have to be in my kitchen with my hands in my pocket or just leave the kitchen. It's really hard for me not to doctor because I know that this pizza with Metz cheese on it is so good. It's going to be even better with more. (laughs) I, I never run into anybody that said pizza was good. Mike too cheesy said nobody ever. All right, I got to take care of some business. Check in with the news guys. When we come back, will you share some of your favorite uh, Mets Creamery recipes for us? Sure. All right, we'll do that. Our guest this morning is uh, Jeff Metz, who is uh, a part of uh, the Top Dog. You, your dad's not involved, or your grandpa's not involved. I don't want to cut them out. So you're at the top of the pile, right? Uh, I'm the first generation of all this. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so Jeff Metz, who is Metz Creamery, and his family working hard doing whatever they can to not be on Cooley Region Cooks today, uh, also making Metz Creamery a successful business. We'll talk about uh, some recipes for the holidays or just because you're hungry when we get back. Oh, you know what? That's right. I forgot to ask about vegetable cheeses. Our guest this morning is Jeff Metz, who along with uh, many members, all members of your family, is everybody in the Metz family involved in Metz Creamery at this point, Jeff? Um, for the most part, uh, I have uh, one daughter whose husband, uh, he's involved on the farm side, but she works off farm. She has a uh, job as a nurse. Uh, well, that's fair. Uh, that's a fair trade. Yep. He's in. I'm out, Dad. And yep. by the way, if yep. you're ever sick, call me. I'll take care of you. I can take care of you. <laughs> yep. It works out good. That's great. Mets Creamery, where are you guys? Uh, we're located about five miles north of Rushford, Minnesota. Uh, we're just a mile off Highway 43 on County Road 102 uh, near the little town of Hart. Oh, I couldn't take you to Hart, but I've heard of it. 
I'm not sure why I've heard of it, but I, I've heard of it. And of course, everybody knows where Rushford is. Do you, do you, you like it? Nice weather. You get good neighbors. Your cows are good. How many cows do you have that are going to make all this cheese? We have about 235 cows. Split up into three different categories. Yeah. Uh, yep. Two, two, uh, two? two groups. Oh, two. Okay. Two groups, but three. We have three breeds in the herd. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So two breeds make the same uh, butterfat. Uh, the, we have them grouped differently, so we have all of our Holsteins in one group, and then we have another group that uh, has our jerseys along with some Holsteins in it, and so that group will give us a higher, better butterfat uh, protein uh, components uh, to the milk. Yep. Which cows have the best attitude? Which are the most friendly cows? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's both of them can be friendly, but the Jer- the jerseys definitely have an interesting attitude. Friendly, and they'll turn around and kick you sometimes. Oh, so none of them are just laid back. I'm eating my cud. I'm giving you some milk. I'm going back it's over a, the... A brown Swiss would be that one. Yeah, the cash cow. I'm just here to give you some milk. Don't don't harass me. Feed me, and I'll milk you, and we're good. Yep. See you tomorrow. How often do you have to milk the cows more than once a day, don't you? Yeah, we milk twice a day. Uh, morning, uh, morning and night, about start about five, five thirty in the morning. And again, at, uh, four thirty in the evening. And how many people does it take to, to milk 250 cows? Uh, it's usually two people take Whoa. care of the milking and, wow. uh, and the stall stall cleaning. And then, uh, uh, another person takes care of the, uh, feeding of all the calves. Yep. I, uh, many, 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 many years ago, I worked on a horse farm and mucking the stables was a job that uh, I thought sounded interesting until I found out what mucking meant. And then cleaning the stalls was, you're trying to fool me into thinking this is going to be great. No, no, mushroom. You're going to be doing mushroom fertilizer because it's going to be awesome, Mike. And then they closed the door and I was locked in. That was a bad, bad decision on my part. Only made once, though. You only make those kind of decisions one time. Our guest is uh, uh, Jeff Metz from uh, Metz Creamery. Just at, well, in just outside of Rushford, is that the way you tell people where it is? Because nobody's up, uh, hardly anybody knows where Hart, Minnesota is. Yeah, I usually just um about five miles north of Rushford. That works. We're just off, just off Highway 43 between Interstate 90 and Rushford. And you, but you don't pasture feed your cows, is that correct? Correct. Why? Yeah. Why? Just curious. Oh, it take it take too much land ah. uh, to do to put all two hundred cows out. We'd it require a large land base, and we what? don't have that. Oh, okay, so you don't have a guy over there who wants to grow corn, but not all, not this much corn. So I'll grow some stuff and feed your cows. I'll grow some corn, and then you can make corn flavored cheddar. Out of no, it hasn't worked out. Okay, never mind. No, it doesn't work that way. Never mind, Hayes. <laughs> never mind. I I'm just I'm running through my mind all the different kind of flavors of of a cheese one of my personal favorites has uh, uh has onion leeks and mushrooms do you get into vegetable cheeses at all yeah we do uh, uh for the springtime we do what we call a garden medley mm. so that's got the onions and uh, carrots and uh, different garden vegetables in it um we also do an onion and chive that was one that uh uh, that was probably one of my favorite cheeses prior to getting to, into this. So I wanted to do an onion and chive. Oh, um, so yeah. yeah. I do love it. And and is it is it a whole different process when you're you're putting vegetables in as opposed to cinnamon? Uh, yeah, we have to be careful. We do um, – everything is a dried, a dried product, so it goes in. 
so we're able to uh, make sure everything knits together like it should. And then uh, um, the uh, um, cinnamon, when you get into those finer powders, we have to be very careful if we use too much. Uh, I did have an issue one time, put too much in, and then my uh, block completely fell apart when I went to cut it. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and I that's interesting that you would say that. I, I had a block of cheddar a while ago, and it was real crum right out of the, the plastic container. It was real crumbly, and then I discovered it didn't melt on a pizza very well. Was that, uh, and I wondered, I think maybe this cheese had been frozen because it's not very melty. Is Tell me what happened to that cheese before I bought it. Uh, it could have been an aged cheddar, so it was uh, on the drier side to begin with, lower moisture. And then uh, sometimes, yeah, you will, if you put it in the freezer, it will get a frostbite to it or it does dry it out even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the first time in a long time I've had cheese. Well, I, I liked it, but I couldn't use it on, uh, I couldn't use it in recipes because it wouldn't melt, or at least not enough. So that didn't work. And I always, I think it's because this cheese was frozen. Maybe that's why it was on sale. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so uh, what kind of recipes? At the holidays, I suppose, well, for you guys, eating cheese, is it a daily thing? Is there cheese in every single meal in the at the Mets dinner table? Uh, no, not every meal, but um, it is um, probably throughout the day working in the cheese plant. We're already tasting our, our product every day, um, you know, doing the quality check that way. And um, so we get, yeah, we have cheese every day, not necessarily every meal. But uh, holiday season, we get into a lot of hors d'oeuvre type do you? recipes. Favorite? Re do, you, do you have a favorite hors d'oeuvre? You want to share that recipe with us? Well, we've got a couple of them. We've got uh, um, a person one time came up to me and she made uh, bread and butter pickles, and she says, "Here, you got to take your garlic and herb cheese curd. You wrap it with a bread and butter pickle." Oh, and of oh. course, it's one of those things you would uh, think was the most crazy. Um, ideas ever and it actually ended up being really great so that's one we really we do a lot of in the um if we're having cheese trays or something like that we'll we'll put that one together so bread and butter pickles with uh, with what kind of cheddar with uh with our garlic and herb garlic and herb and yeah. just a slice of the garlic and herb and a slice of the uh, the pickles the bread and butter pickle yep on a crack together on a toothpick yep oh on a toothpick uh, oh so just chunks awesome yep. makes it even yeah. easier simpler yeah. Yep. And you get to highlight the cheese more, and you don't have to share any of that flavor with the Ritz family. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Um, we've also done, uh, we've got our apple pie cheddar. Um, that's been served on a uh, graham cracker with a little bit of caramel sauce drizzled over oh, so for a, kind of a, a little bit of a dessert item. I A million years ago, and I have never been able to find the recipe, but because I'm not a baker very unsuccessful baking attempts on my part. Uh, I had a piece of, I had a pie. I was given an apple pie. It was crumbly. I, I'm told that's a streusel uh, top on the apple pie. And it was a regular apple pie other than that. But then on top of the pie, it's cooked, take it out of the oven, and they sprinkled it with shredded cheddar, then put it back in the oven to melt all that cheddar. It was my mouth is watering just remembering. It was the tastiest, most delicious piece of pie I had ever had in my life. And for the life of me, I can't find that recipe. So as soon as I find a, a baker of 
gold medal apple pies. I'm just going to try it myself. How often do you guys experiment at your own dinner table? Uh, my wife does that a lot with the casseroles. Um, uh, my daughter does a lot of the keto type stuff. So uh, a lot oh. of cheese goes wow. into her thing. So a lot of, a lot of different keto recipes they're doing too with our cheddars um, uh, and the cheese curds and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that one of the advantages of uh, the keto diet is, oh, it's high in fat. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so she probably really loves those cows over there that are giving you all that really good high-fat cheese. Yeah. Or high-fat milk. You make the cheese. How long does it take from milking a cow? Here, this is my old-fashioned. You probably do it by machine and it has nothing to do with this. Yeah. When uh, when you have milk, how long is it before that milk is cheese? Um, so we'll milk the cows in the evening. That milk goes into a storage tank, and then the next that following morning, We'll be using that milk to make cheese. And when will that cheese be ready to eat? Um, if it's going into cheese curds by about noon oh, that day. Same day. Um, Ooh. And if it's uh, going into uh, some of our block cheeses, uh, maybe three to three months, three three weeks to uh, three months before ah. it's ready. Do you ever get into the super age? Do you have any, uh, I don't know, 10-year age cheddar? No, we're, uh, we try to move everything right along um it's uh when you get into doing aged cheeses that's like going without a paycheck for five to ten years right i guess you can only do a little at a time because yeah. you know this isn't going to make any money for you for uh, eight years i have i i, I talked with a, a woman a long time ago whose husband used to make cheese or used to be on the dairy farm and she said we started out with three month then six month then a year, then two year, then five year. And I was making money paying the bills with our three-month cheese while this was going to make our retirement. And when we got out 15 years, this cheese was really expensive and really tasty. And we had uh, we had our retirement right there on the shelf. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you have, what's the difference between white cheese and yellow cheese? Uh, the yellow cheese, we just add a netto to it, which is just a natural coloring. So basically nothing. The cheese tastes the same? For the most part, there might be a, uh, the Aneto might give it just a little hint of a nuttier flavor, but for the most part, you'd really have to. Uh, um, you have to really have a discerning tongue, taste buds, yes. to taste the yeah. difference. Because I've heard people say that, yeah, that's uh, that white, I don't really like that white cheddar. I'll have some of that other cheddar. Really? Is it the same two-year cheddar. This one's white, that one's yellow, but you don't like the white, but you do like the yellow. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's the white cheddar. It just doesn't taste right. Okay, well. Uh-huh. Okay, put this blindfold on. Let's try this test again. <laughs> what is the most outrageous flavored cheese you've ever made? Um, our, our haunted pepper. Ooh. That, that has the ghost pepper in it and everything. So that... Uh, that was really interesting. That uh, um, created a lot of watery eyes, and it um, we almost get in the hazmat suits when we make that one. <laughs> well, and I've, I have had some of that cheddar in the past and realized that the one advantage to super spicy cheddar is you don't you need hardly any to flavor that whole dish. Mm-hmm. That yes. would be good. I hear that when I'm buying ingredients. Uh, my dad, who was... Not a gourmet cook, not an official gourmet cook, just really, really good at it. And he would, he called me honey. And I'd be at the grocery store thinking, do I want this cheese or that cheese? Honey, honey, 
Get the good stuff. You'll be able to tell the difference. Plus, you'll be able to use less because the good stuff tastes different, stronger, better quality. Use a little less, and in the long run, you won't. Uh, you'll you'll be happy with that. You run into that same kind of thing. Do you have to make basic? I don't want to. I don't want to pile on American cheese, but just basic, no frills cheddar for a group of customers. But then a little higher end other cheeses for those people who want a little something different, a little better. Um, yeah, we see it's all over the board. We see people who just like their plain cheddar. They're using it in their cooking and everything. And then, yeah, we see people who want to come in and buy a, a mixture of flavors, the, the red wine or garlic or chipotles, things like that. So, yeah, it's and that's kind of why we do a lot of different flavors, trying to meet everybody's uh, taste bud. And all of your cheeses are some version of cheddar. Is that correct? So you're not making Gouda or Edom or any of those. Uh, you, you mentioned blue cheese, but any of the other cheeses? No, Yeah, for the most part, it's cheddar. We do uh, a little bit of the Colby and the Colby oh. Jack and some right. mozzarella, string cheese, and then our frying cheese. So that's our primary. Um, if you went outside of that group, you would need different process, different equipment, different ta- uh, or it's just you don't have a big enough facility to make 58 different kinds. Yeah, right now we're keeping busy enough with everything we've got going. Uh, I get a lot of people asking about a Swiss, which and like that, it does involve a different uh, uh, processing room or area. So that's we and we are limited a little bit on our space that way. All of your cheeses come to the market as chunks, but besides the curds, of course. Yeah, yep, and that's a variety: four ounce, eight ounce, or we have uh, some places will take five pound blocks for their delis. Oh, sure. Sure. Makes me hungry just thinking about it. A five-pound block that would probably last me uh, probably a month, maybe not quite a month, because unlike you, my friend, cheese at every meal or it's not actually a meal. That's okay. it's got. I got to do that. I will. So, the Mets family will die fat and happy because Mike ate all our cheese. Doggone it! I just love cheese. All right, we'll take one more break. And uh, come back and spend a little time with uh, Jeff. I'm the guy at the top, Metz, who is Metz Creamery, uh, just north of Rushford. Oh, no, thank you. I was just telling Jeff about uh, his uh, his cheese has appeared on many a pizza made on Fridays in this building uh, uh, pre-COVID when we had more people in the building. And uh, it was easy. I, would, I brought in uh, homemade pizza and toppings. And as often as not, Phil said, hey, I've got some whatever it is, some weird apple cheddar, apple cinnamon cheddar. What kind of pizza are you going to make? Well, not the right kind for apple cinnamon cheddar, but thanks for the heads up. I'll bring a breakfast pizza in tomorrow, and, you know, we'll do something else. So it's it's fun. I wonder how many people see the cheese and then dream up a recipe to use the cheese in. You ever hear about that from people? Um, yeah, we get suggestions all the time. Um, I like, you know, like I was talking about that, uh, garlic and herb and pickle thing. That was somebody else's <laughs> idea. Um, and, uh, so then the, my daughters or the, any of them doing cooking and stuff, they'll all try different things at home too. Hey, I tried this dad. It was really, really horrible. Don't try this. No, <laughs> everybody likes it so far. Yeah. Yes. I was curious tonight. I, I don't think I asked on the air how many gallons of milk. Well, you said you do you well, and you're talking about pounds. You make you pull out a hundred pounds of cheddar to make cheese curds. How many gallons of milk makes a hundred pounds of cheese? Uh, 
right now with our milk where it's at about 850 pounds of milk will make 100 pounds of cheese okay and how many how many how many pounds is a gallon of milk i know you guys are doing it in pounds but i don't put a pound of milk on the shelf in my refrigerator put a gallon <laughs> of milk up there yeah uh, it's 8.6 uh, pounds in a gallon. Oh, of all right. So milk weighs a little more than water. I have a couple of big yeah. aquariums and uh, water is eight pounds a gallon. So milk is a little heavier than that. That's good to know. A little trivia that I intend to someday when we can go back and have a beer at the bar, I'm going to make some money from some unsuspecting cheese eater who didn't know that 8.6, 8.6 pounds to a gallon. Uh, uh, so you, you pull out and how you, you said before when you're experimenting, your experiment with a new flavor is a uh, 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 hundred pounds of of cheese to become maybe the newest Metz creamery flavored cheese. Right. Yeah, we'll do a small vat um, just to see once, test it, see how it ages, um, see how everybody, like I said, have a lot of friends, family try it, see what they think. Well, and you got this majority rule. Then you you got to. You got to go with as many different taste buds as you possibly can to get a pretty uh, a pretty good vote. Yes, yep. So we like we have a lot of people sampling, and then we take like you say the majority of rule, and we go from there. In about three hundred retail outlets all across Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin, Metz Creamery. You guys going to have a good holiday? We're we're. Looking to have a good holiday, yeah. Uh, it should be good. We've been really busy here. Luckily, everybody gets hungry, even in a pandemic. They still have to eat. Go yep. with the good stuff. Hey, can I get you to come back and do this again some Thursday? Wasn't uh, would would be happy to. Wasn't we'll, we'll maybe have uh, Marianne or somebody else sit in and talk about their recipes they use too. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, if your daughter's doing all the cooking, you can be busy making cheese curds, and I'll talk to her for a little while. That'll be Sounds fun. Good. That'll be fun. Jeff, thank you very much.